0: I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork curlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing
1: anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a
2: history in the game. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.
0: Now you're welcome along. So Monday Night Rugby is coming at you. First trophy since 2011 for Munster. 12 years, 12 long years in the cold. They are URC champions, won in Cape Town in dramatic fashion. 19 points to 14 against the Stormers, the defending champions as well. Very happy to say, Jerry Thornley of the Irish Times here in studio. Hello.
1: Hello, Joe. Good evening.
0: Fiona, they're calling it Munster Night Rugby outside the LATS.
2: So <laughs> that kind of a night. Nice, yeah, yeah, what a nice, what a nice um unfortunately I'm probably not gonna make the parade today, um but what a what a day for Munster on Saturday, unbelievable stuff.
0: You have the voice of somebody who is screaming at a television. <laughs>
2: i have to tell you the truth i tried to relive my youth and i went on a rugby tour this weekend to brussels with my old club UL Bows. and um, we watched it on the the big screen over and um i decided i'd play a few games as well so i'm i'm not too healthy joe after five years i came out of retirement for one scrum and they couldn't get me off the pitch then
0: <laughs> and a, a quiet night saturday i would think is about well. good preparation for the games
2: Absolutely To be fair They put it on the big screen Over in Flanders it's, it's a brilliant tournament And we were There was a load of us Munster supporters There was other teams over And it was just A brilliant atmosphere And what a game What a, what a show to watch And I watched it back today When I flew in again And you know Obviously I'd missed A few bits at the time But <laughs> what, a, what a defensive effort By Munster at times Just uh, so exciting
0: Loads to talk about I would say Jerry, One takeaway I had from Saturday Was this felt big time you know, as a URC final, I, look, you caveat it that uh, this tournament, you know, it's, it still feels a touch secondary to Europe and Leinster rests 12 internationals in a the semi-final. There is that. But in terms of a finale, maybe it's the venue and, and, and the setting of, of Cape Town yeah. but this felt really big this felt like a competition going in the right direction
1: Yeah coming to, coming of age day for the, the whole competition maybe yeah. and a really good result for the tournament that we didn't get back to back South African derbies or back to back South African wins that we get a South African win first year and an Irish win the second year and no harm that it's Munster as well first trophy in 12 years um, 55,000 there like it's Amazing the way John Dobson and the South Africans in general have just bought into this tournament. They are fully on board. I think more so than we are in some respects. You know, we've got a bit to learn from, a bit to catch up on. But I think Munster going down there and winning, like, it's it's not far off winning the Champions Cup. It, like, when you think of how many countries are in it and had to go and do it the hard way. Um, it felt huge, 55,000, good travelling army of um, Munster fans. And it also showed that perhaps the travel isn't... The impediment we thought it might be in this competition—it's always been used as one of the big problem sp- parts of the tournament. That you know you have to travel such long distances, and it's it's difficult to win away in South Africa, difficult South Africans to win away up here. That's pretty much been exploded now by the way the myth that, that exploded by the way Munster have done it. If you look back at the Champions Cup, I think there were 14 knockout ties up to the final, and in each of the 14, the home side won, came through. And then you come to Munster, and they went away in the quarterfinals, away in the semi-finals, and away in the final, as relative fortresses as well, where they hadn't l- lost in a very long time. And they've done over 100,000 kilometres in something like six weeks. Yeah. It's been, it, and it, you're right, it felt big, and it felt very fitting that Conor Murray, Keith Earls, and Peter Manny were all there at the front, leading the tr- lifting the trophy that had been 12 years' weight. And imagine next season how much more prized the competition is going to be now, not least in Leinster.
0: Yeah, I agree in the travel. I mean, it's not the smallest carbon footprint a competition could hope to have. But that aside, mm-hmm. mm. it's, it's more doable and manageable than uh, we might have thought. That's Monsters' sixth win on the road
1: in a row. I think could that be right? I read that and I thought, yeah, it must be. Really? No, couldn't be because they drew with the Sharks, didn't they? In that sequence, that unbeaten sequence. So okay. maybe it's unbeaten. Maybe it's six unbeaten. I think they haven't lost. They haven't lost in a long time. The U- URC away from home. That's for sure. So. Yeah, um, and they had they. It's been a problem for months during recent years. Their away form hasn't matched up their home form, and yet their home season ended nine weeks ago with that crushing defeat by Glasgow. Yeah, you'd have got long odds and them ending their trophy drought. Then, with one, particularly when they were eviscerated by the Sharks in the Champions Cup. Yes. knowing they had to go back over there, the Stormers hadn't been yeah. beaten in twenty-two games. Then to pitch up against the Sharks again, just to make the playoffs. Then Glasgow, Scots not unbeaten in 17 months at home or something. Leinster, the bugbearers, their nemesis, everything. And then Stormers away, just as well they had a two-week gap. Between. But I think, you know, Graham Rantry is right. They became battle-hardened and actually made them a better side and made them stiffer, more, more resilient.
0: Fiona, I'll get you to take off your punitry hat for a second and just put on the outright Munster fan hat <laughs> who's been to however many games across your life and has sat through... Kind of a miserable last four, five, six years in particular of, of kind of a stasis, if not a, a decline. What was it like to see Earls and O'Mahony and Munster at large lift a trophy? I, 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 like, I presume kind of a magical sport in memory for you.
2: Yeah, to be honest with you, I disappeared for about 10 minutes. The girls were wondering, I had to go away and cry. I was, <laughs> I was overjoyed. I rang my parents. Um, It was it was absolutely huge for me as as a Munster fan. I go up with my dad to every game. We've been going, you know, nonstop. And, you know, they've put in performances. But as you were talking about earlier, as Jerry said, at the start of the season, even mid-season, would you ever have thought that Munster come in, uh, co- could come away with silverware? Absolutely not. But it's just the manner of the performance as well you know they're talking about the travel and being tired the the stormers look far more tired than Munster they were just up for it and the heart and the character that the Munster people in particular are always calling out over the years you know we have this we want to see it back again it's been back in abundance the last few games
1: That's the beauty of it the way they won it they stuck to their principles the, the new principles under Graham Roundtree and Mike Brandergas and Dennis Lamy and Andy Curriaco you think back to that. Move from their own line against Leinster in the build-up to Jack Crowley's dropped goal, offloading, stepping, offloading from inside their own 22. The brilliant chase, Ben Ely's kick for Gavin Coombs to get a charge on, or whatever, at least put Manny Leibach off his kick. And then I think it was 13 players carried the ball or passed the ball in the next nine phases for like 90 seconds before it ended up in that try in the corner by Hodnett. And it was just, it also showed that they... All the errors they were making at the start of the season were due to this high-speed, high-tempo training, Joe, and so therefore they were allowing handling errors in training because want to keep stopping training. It was high-tempo, high-tempo, high-tempo. So there had to be some, there had to be some pain to be some gain, and now you see the fruits of their labor early in the season because it's also made them a fitter side. Like it's extraordinary they could have all this travel and play away from home and end up being the stronger finishing side in both of their last two yeah, games, which yeah. they did. So it 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 ticks all their boxes. Everything. Everything that Round three And Prendergast Tried to implement on Leamy and Kiriakou Has borne fruition I d- It's impossible to think They would have done this Under the previous regime Oh Impossible Fiona
2: Absolutely impossible. No, it's it's just the style and as Jerry said, just watching that unfold throughout the season and of course there was frustration early days, but it was it was so huge to see them, you know, come out like that. And especially Leamy, I thought between sixty and seventy minutes I thought Munster were absolutely immense and it was their decision making under pressure in defence. I thought Feketawa, Calvin Nash, they were getting up in the face they were getting huge turnovers at the breakdown, and this was massive. Don't those ten minutes, it was severe Somers pressure, and a lot of monster teams in the past would have folded because they didn't trust that process and they didn't believe in themselves. But this coach and staff has installed that belief in them, I and mean, you could see it. They trusted their defensive system, they trusted that decision making, and every player came out and made the right decision in those ten huge moments for me. Ten minutes.
1: Has Malachi Fekitoa been sensational, Fiona? Like. He's almost produced, he produced his best form since almost the day he announced that he was leaving. And he's got better and, better and better and better. And that was probably his best performance in a Munster jersey in the final. He was sensational in defence, in his carrying. It's just such a, he had a real presence of an all-black centre. And Ben Healy as well has been very, very good in the knockout stages. They've been vindicated yeah. entirely in that selection. Many a player who's been leaving a club in other provinces, <laughs> in other teams, would be more or less ostracised and wouldn't have been involved in such a run-in. Not only they were involved, they played an integral part, and you could see in the celebrations afterwards how much they were a vibrant part of this. And in fairness to Roundtree and the coaches after, they singled two of them out in the dressing room afterwards. Do you think,
0: as an aside, and we'll get back to the game, do you think the RFU at any stage over the last number of weeks were on the phone to Roundtree saying, "Um, (laughs) you see Joey Carberry and you see Ben (laughs) Healy, (laughs) you can flip that around, please, because what are you doing? Mm. Do you think that phone call was made and ignored?
1: No, I don't think the phone call was made. These, all these decisions were cast in stone. Ben Healy's on his way. You know, the old no, but, uh, these, but oh, I mean,
0: you're 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 picking Healy mm-hmm. and you're ignoring Carbery. Oh, I see what you mean. Sorry. This is very bad for Irish rugby. Oh, yeah. I so see what you mean. Yes, I'm sorry.
1: I beg your pardon. Yeah, you. yeah. ostracize Healy.
0: and yeah. give our guy Carberry some game time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that? I, I can't think that that communication didn't happen overtly or uh, even more subtly at some stage.
1: Yeah, maybe to a degree, but like they were obviously told. I think no, a, yeah. Like, there's a, there's a 43, 44, 45 man training squad being announced for the World Cup tomorrow. Mm. I'm surprised if Joey Carberry's in it, to be honest. You know, Jack Carly's above him, Ross Burns above him, possibly Kieran Frawley's above him, maybe Harry Burns above him. I don't know, but it doesn't look like Joey's face just fits at the moment, and it'll be next season before we see him getting a, a big opportunity again. So I, I don't, wouldn't say there would have a huge amount of discussion last that. you would be his own man. you are going for silver where it's not got stages. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from, but it just confirms that. Joey Carberry, like poor lad, he's just he's just out of this picture and now. It confirms that Munster are just
0: picking on form and yeah. and, and doing what they have to do to win. Um, it, it was you know it's, it's quite so Fiona, you talk about the, the the start of the season where they lost five and seven and it was really mm. bad and, and and Jerry explains how there was a focus on tempo and tempo and there are mm. going to be drop balls and there are going to be mistakes. Like to be fair to this coaching ticket, in the face of some very bad results and so some low moments this season and plenty of criticism, not least in this studio, but like across the board, they have held their head and Prendergast has stuck to a plan. And and it's slowly but but surely come to fruition. Leamy, like there was a time where they conceded 130 points in three games and and look where they are now. And then Roundtree, you know, there was something very telling at full time as the others were jumping around. He just put his hands to his face like a moment of contemplation and <laughs> wow it's it's okay after all I think we probably have only had hints about the pressure they would have felt as a very young coaching ticket
2: oh absolute huge pressure you know and you don't that doesn't come across in these press conferences. I don't think it comes across with Roundtree in general, you know, um, but there would have been. I mean, they they talked about the fans and performance, and that's what they want to do. They want to bring back that monster kind of ethos and have the tone park full, and they didn't get a, a chance to do that with the run in the games because of, obviously, how the start of the season went, so they, they've just, you could see the relief in his head. I saw everyone jumping up and he was there with his hands in, in the, his face, and he was there for quite a few seconds. It wasn't even, and everyone just left them and you knew it was a pressure release moment but I think they've just been outstanding and you know one of the huge things is they've 100% picked on form I mean when you come to games like this you could easily say look let's get Zebo in there we need a guy that's been around a long time they've stuck with the players that have been in form the likes of killer couldn't even make the bench you know Joe we talked about the, the front row reserves but I have to say they came on and they absolutely locked out every scrum they did not lose a scrum and I thought they were exceptionally around the park, especially the front three. You know, they really got themselves. Niall Scannon is a guy who's been forgotten about because Barron has been so good, but he came on and ran some beautiful lines as well. So it's, they trust their process and they've started to mix this youth. You're seeing Nash getting mixed in. Casey's coming on at the right times. We've obviously seen Crowley and they've, they've known throughout the season, I think, that this was eventually going to come good. And it just peaked, I suppose, at the right time. But I, in talking to people at the start, of the season they firmly believed that it was going to click that these players want to play at that high tempo pace and they want to be involved and they want to get better and you could see it progressively getting better and better as it went on
0: Yes because there's a temptation to point to the big moments of the South African game for instance we were both there or, or different wins I, yeah. I I, don't think it's been a light bulb moment I think it's been a steady accumulation of doing the right things in training over the season and it's well, the, the one interesting thing Jerry, maybe and you talk about how battle hardened they are and like some people think the Irish players are too protected and that there's an argument they should be a bit more uh, battle-hardened. But Munster, not by design, but got themselves into a position in the final third of this season where they were in so much trouble, they almost had to say, we don't really have room for manoeuvre here. Mm-hmm. Fellas, you're out this week and you're out next week and you're out the week after and, and like they'll probably go off a cliff now and be pretty tired. But yeah. like... They, they did get into just that lovely rhythm mm-hmm. of week on week on week, big game, big game, big game travel, and they were just in it.
1: Yeah, they didn't rotate the squad that heavily. There's been a lot of play- monster players, contracted players, who weren't that were, weren't involved at all, really, in the run into the season. You look at people like Dave Kilcoyne and Joey Carberry out there not getting involved at all. You would yeah. have thought that would have been very unlikely to start of the season. That's proof that they went purely on form. Um, they, yet within that, they were forced to you know reshuffle their decks was it against uh, Leinster they had four players true. who got the head knocks against yes. four big players yes, true. four really big yeah. players and others came in and then Snyman who's been playing very well since game comes back in and he can't start because tyge burn is just just jumped, lands back in after 12 weeks yes. 80 80 80 and you know comes up with the last play very Byrne esque thing yeah. to do yes. come up with the last play to seal the deal very tight burn and I think for me that you're right. That it's been a real monster. Just they're entertaining. You know, they're just they box office. Even when they're bad, they're good, or when they're good, they're bad. Whatever. Just they're always compelling. And well, like, when they started badly, they got a, a lot of grief. Can, and I, ju- can I go on? Just, uh, this season, I agree. Honestly, for
0: the last five or six years, Okay, yeah, <laughs> well, anything but box office. Well, like they
1: have got yeah, to yeah. semi-finals and finals before, <laughs> like, you know, and in, they raised hopes before. Can I, can I just and, say, well, like, in, been, in the most turgid fashion, imagine. No, I disagree entirely. Okay. I think this is memory is distorted. I, I remember some games they played, like the extra games. There was a racing game in Thomond Park that I think they ended up drawing when Joey, Joe, JJ Henry missed a conversion to win the match at the last cake, which was the game of the season. They went away to Clermont and had a stunning comeback with one of the, probably the try of the season. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff written about Munster over the years that they've just discovered how to play rugby now. Remember Ron Ogara's was trying Bordeaux. That was 2000. It was 23 years ago. You know what I mean? Oh, well, sorry, their own if, 22. If there's been lots of cases throughout history I'm talking, where <laughs> Munster
0: played rugby. I'm talking <laughs> Razzie and Van Graan era. Yeah. yeah there, there, well, was ju- there was just a groundhog sense of we play a certain very blunt style mm. against 80% of teams. It works. We come oh, up against anybody who can match us physically. Absolutely. We've got nothing.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Even when they had that winning start last season, yeah. where I think they won six of their first seven, yeah. it was all through power plays and Nile Malls. That, and, I mean and you wondered, budget. yeah, yeah, oh, I see what you mean. That, yeah. And it, it became increasingly like that. And you thought, well, yeah, this is great. Yeah, you're winning here. Yeah, but is this going to get you the silverware at the end no, of the like season? Season over in April. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But this season. They, they were dropping balls all over the place. Do you I remember? Listen, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> miss an, a monster game in the first part of the season. Like Dragons away. Yeah. Could you have thought this was the making of the Champions? Yeah. Cardiff away. Do you remember those two opening games? So they lose five of their first seven. I saw them being beat by Connor, deservedly so by Connaught, in the sports ground. Do you remember the Zebra game? Yeah, the three tries by half time, and it was, oh, like, score watch, again. It was oh, like watching yeah. somebody bang their head terrible. against a wall. You remember yeah. I mean? the second half? They couldn't get the fourth try against Zebra. Yeah, probably oh, the only yeah. team that didn't get a bonus point against Zebra this season. The way it was worse than losing to the Dragons that and, one. And then they got on a run, and they win about nine out of eleven after that South African game is a turning point. Yeah, sure. And the only defeats and th- the three defeats in about a dozen thirteen matches were Leinster by a score and to lose twice by a score. So they really went. But then they have this, they fall off a cliff against the Scarlets, concede a load of points in the second half, lose at home to Glasgow when they were just caught by surprise, get eviscerated in by yeah. the Sharks away. That was the 130 in three games yeah, conceded. And, and that actually might have been the making of this title charge. Mm. If they carried on, they were just getting a little bit too confident with themselves and thought they'd cracked it and they were going to serenely motor on into the knockout stage of both competitions or, and then that completely unhinged them and they had to go yes. back to the absolute basics in defence and Downsley focus on defence and it, they just got much stronger and became a b- better balanced side from then on in much more focused on what they were doing and in a weird way I think that serious hiccup might have been the making of the title yeah, charge interesting.
0: Fiona come in there on a few things because I could hear you itching to come in and. Fiona go going on a bit there no no on several of those yeah. points before I was interrupting you but like I was comparing the Van gran that sense of Groundhog Day with this season being different you're reading all that
2: yeah, no, look, at times with Van Grand, I mean, I remember being up and him in to park in that year and Munster over kicked, but it wasn't even contestable kicks. It was it was just boring rugby. Yeah, did the power plays, but it wasn't the most entertaining rugby, so I agree with you on that, Joe. But I have to say, what's improved loads this year is those contestable kicks, and we saw it especially in the game. I think... Um, Munster retained six and this summer's only retained one. Um, but Murray's box kicking was absolutely outstanding. It was on the money. But I have to say you could have the best box kick in the world. But if people aren't judging it and the likes of Nash and Daly and Haley, as well in the fullback, their timing, running and everything, everything seemed to be on form and working out really well together. And I suppose something that I feel with this season that's kind of, When, when we, when we saw that it was Crowley, and I know you have amazing players all over the pitch but when we saw Crowley, Frisch and Fekatoa that partnership was absolutely just spot on for Munster we, when they were all in form we saw it and they're after building up this really good beautiful relationship to watch and how they're playing that rugby and interlinking with those forwards I mean I've seen Archer in the game I think he'd done two offloads as well so they have this style but I think it's when these players found that partnership and got the you know you're talking about overloading minutes but these guys got the ability to play with each other week in, week out, and we knew when that tree was set in stone. And I know it was changed around for the Leinster game, but just them when they're in there, it, I I love watching how the okay. treat them perform des- defensively, especially. So I to just, the connections.
0: Um, chat about some of the specifics of the game, then, because we're kind of going a big picture a little too quickly there. Sorry, my no, fault no, you. it's totally my fault. because it is. I mean, it, it, we told they we're talking there so long and saying the same things. It's, this really does feel like it changes a lot now when you consider Fiona take the first half when you consider Mm. the gifted early try to Manny Libok after six minutes when you consider Coombs very unlucky to have that try disallowed and I mean very unlucky (laughs) and when you think Mm. how close you know Shane Daly try very close and the Anton Frisch moment as well so Munster could conceivably have had three tries and you know uh, Frisch will kick himself for the the Libok try the sense at half time like it parallels to Larishel Leinster, just like uh, yeah, th- this, this doesn't feel good. You know, Munster should have been out of sight really in the first half. They bossed it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, boss. possession wise, I think when I saw the stats at half time, I was I knew Munster had a lot of ball, but it was well up in the sixties, and Summers had only thirty odd percent. It, w- it was mad that they weren't ahead by more. But look, I suppose this Munster team, and what we've talked about is th- is their defence at times. So yeah, you'd look at that. But I just felt like in the second half, the Summers were going to come back. But I felt that this team had the ability and the belief. And as that second half went on, and I said those ten minutes in particular between sixty and seventy. Minutes, I thought that was absolutely massive for this team and their hits, their their reading, and then the the ability to go and attack as well. You know they could have they could have gone for you know been going down there having looking at getting a drop ball to a drop goal to to draw the game. But you could see it was all they wanted to get that score. It was kicking to the corner and turnovers were huge for them. So I like I know you're talking like that, but tr- for some reason I don't know why, and I never feel like that throughout the whole second half. I really felt that this was Munster game I know the Somers had come back and gotten ahead but they were just playing and their connections and everything just seemed to look good and they looked like they had that belief in them as well
0: mm. um, Jerry as part of that first half uh, Jack Crowley and not to make everything about a World Cup but even with a World Cup lens if you take it that this is the biggest game of his career and so he's under the most pressure he's probably ever been under <laughs> talk about being able to perform I mean it's a hostile environment as well he was mm. just pulling levers but uh, Passing the ball so flat in the game line. I saw Peter O'Reilly had a great line
1: yesterday. Passing under the their time. noses. I was just thinking of as you said, as so great line. Good. yeah, great, great line, it was, it, Peter. Well done. It was
0: <laughs> so. As soon as I read that line, of yeah. he was passing under their noses, <laughs> it, was the,
1: it was on the money. Just
0: I could describe, just see see what he was the doing. Game. Yes, and to, like the bravery to operate in those tight yeah. areas, yeah. and then he makes the run, which results in the yellow card as well. He makes that break, yes. and I mean, which, he's he's just in a in a, in a, in a phase as well at the moment, where even the kick for the Calvin Nashtra, of course, it comes off because that's just where he is. Not to mention, there's this general sense of assurance. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't look like a young out half playing the biggest game of his life. There, he looked like, guys, play around me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get us around the park. I mean. Every time I see him lately, I just think, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!"
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a, he oozes composure, doesn't he? He just has great body language on the pitch, a proper out-half presence about him. And I've, sometimes that can be deceptive. Like someone yeah, can swagger yeah, on, yeah. But, but I mean, actually, the substance behind everything it. everything behind it's real. Mm. And you've got to remember as well he he missed two years virtually in a row through The pandemic at a prime developmental stage, just coming out of the under 20s. I'd say he probably didn't play a rugby match between about 19 and 21. I remember bumping into him once in a coffee place, it's got Orange Gold and Sandy Mount. He was a bunch of Sevens lads, Irish Sevens, they were just training yeah. up in Dublin and chatting to him for a while. He hadn't played a match in about a year because there's no AIL there was nothing. And so you think of how much that didn't help his growth as a player because normally that's when you play a lot of matches and you really develop as a player. And, of course, he's been second choice or third choice in the pecking order at Munster as well. So he's really had to buy his time. It helps as well that he has this body language, that he smells the game. I think we spoke about him last week, even that five-minute cameo when he came on in Rome against Italy, that just everything just seemed to happen <laughs> a lot quicker. He... Um, He's got it all. He can beat a player in a telephone box. I remember watching him come on for a con against Clontarf in an AIL match once, and they were playing catch-up, so he had license to give it a go. And he he can just beat players. Um, he's he punches above his weight. He's physically strong, boy, and he sees space. He can see. He can put players into space with passing. He can see the space for a cross kick. Yeah, and then of course he can adapt because he can play at twelve. He can play at fifteen as well, switching there during the game. So he ticks an awful lot of boxes that makes him absolutely nailed on, you would have thought, for going to the World Cup. And it's hard not to get excited about him because he's the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, from Sam Prendergast, I don't know how many others we've talked about the future. Uh, It seems every third week, Fiona, on this show, (laughs) but uh, he could well be the future. This was seriously impressive under those circumstances.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, even I think it was there was probably six, seven minutes left, and I think up in the the left hand corner, of the pitch he put in a massive scrambling tackle as well, coming across the line. So defensively, he's hunt on the inside is really good, and I think that's Jerry has a spot on when you're saying about the ability to do to play a twelve. I mean, for that Leinster game, he just shifted in there and he was able to come back in a, a ten again, and we know his partnership with Healy there there is seamless. There hasn't been any change or dropping standards when either has come on. The Page Bush. He is just. exactly plays it on the game line can play deep has a brilliant kicking game and I think what he's got now is he's got this real confidence and this um ability around him to put people into space I mean his double pump pass is is excellent I mean we see him do it and defenders still fall for it every time you know he has this lovely no look pass and I think that's what's really good about him is that he, he can vary his game up but he can also like when he's in those big heated moment battles that's when you see him really performing because <laughs> a lot of people go into their shell, so it's huge, and I think, um, you're talking about that. I, I think I saw something there yesterday, and it was like a, a succession pitcher. Joy actually taught of you, and it was Johnny in the front, and they had the heads of all the other tens around um, <laughs> the, the country in the background, everyone standing behind him I think World or something had it up, it was pretty good.
0: Well, this is a spoiler free zone, everybody. Let's just say that. Oh, no,
2: yeah, me, yeah, I, I missed
0: I, this. I blocked one idiot on Twitter today who <laughs> uh, said something that they shouldn't have said
1: about,
2: about
0: <laughs> succession. Oh, succession, <laughs> it's so hard to
1: avoid all day. I'm looking forward to tonight no
0: spoilers, please. I did like yeah. on, on to be fair, your website the headline of their succession review was do not read this
2: <laughs> unless you want spoilers.
0: I was like, that's the kind of headline we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I'm yeah. just I think everybody in this office is just gonna navigate their way home without yes. hearing yeah, yeah.
1: anything. Oh, I know what I'm eating, I know what I'm pouring <laughs> to my glass, I know I'm no the world can go away. It's just brilliant, isn't it? An compelling. hour in forty minutes, by the way, tonight. Is
0: it Set it aside, Jerry. Great news. Yeah.
1: Be like a short rugby match. <laughs> I'm better than a few of them. I'm just very very quickly Lasson and Crowley he nailed the conversion from the left touchdown as well to make it a five point lead instead of a three point lead that was a pressure kick yeah. which is good to see because he didn't strike the first one brilliantly but he got the second one, third ones although we might be having a slightly different review of, this, of his performance and this discussion if his yellow card had led to a match winning dry with the Stormers given what he did to incur the yellow I don't think Graham Rantry was too impressed Fair to enough <laughs> worth noting all of it yeah
0: So Stormer score on fifty minutes the the Fury try. That yeah. makes it fourteen twelve. So yeah. that's fifty minutes. Yeah. Uh, Fiona mentioned then the next there's a the ten, fifteen minute spell where Munster have to defend for their lives. Yeah. And it was around that stage, Jerry, you were thinking home advantage, two yeah. point lead, they're just not gonna be able to, to just maneuver this back in their favour. And they scored the try in the 75th minute. I mean, if you wanted an encapsulation, I suspect, of everything that the Munster camp have been working towards, the fitness to put that kind of try together in the 75th yeah. minute, and everybody involved, and the, the quality of play, and even in the 22, mm-hmm. the rugby we saw, as opposed to bish-bosh-bash against a big team, mm-hmm.
1: you kind of just said, what a way to
0: win it. Yeah. I mean, it
1: just it is just perfect. Perfect, perfect. And even the fu- the... the, the the identity of the try scorer John Hodnett, who's just had a storming yeah. end to the season. Been a, like There's a player who missed an entire year through an Achilles tendon injury as well. Um, it's probably come too late for him to muscle his way in the World Cup, which is tough, because I think he almost deserves a place in the 45 at least, because I don't see an obvious backup to Josh Van veer as an authentic seven maybe Scott Benny maybe Nick Timoney comes back into the frame maybe they think of switching Peter but it's the one position in the squad where you don't maybe fall back as well where there isn't I'd like, I'd like to have seen Hottland get a bit of a run before now I actually didn't share Fiona's confidence I thought damn this is getting away from them I didn't like some of the refereeing decisions I didn't like the disallowed try right. I thought that was a perfectly legitimate try. That was that was just placing the ball. It wasn't a second movement. You know, he seemed to mention, like, the elbow touching the ground mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. You know, yeah. a definition
0: of mm-hmm. moment, you know, yeah. your license to move forward again over. Yeah, it, I don't and, know.
1: And there's a very tough penalty against Coombs, the breakdown. He just perfectly seemed to play the ball legitimately, mm. every bit as legitimately as Stephen Kidd itself did when he was awarded a penalty like the 13 5 penalty count they weren't getting much from the referee particularly in the second half the one time they get a penalty they go to the corner and it's Jeremy Lockman that gets done correctly for Landing in front of, I think it was Tyke Byrne, the mm. catcher. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh, that could have been it. When are they going to get? When are they going to get a chance like this again? Territorially, or from this referee? I even got a text from Mandy Dunn saying, should they not be taking three there? To call me old-fashioned, but this is the final. Why? Why am I not in that WhatsApp group? <laughs>
0: just a just <as> a personal, <laughs> one,
1: just the two of us. Are you guys <laughs> text all us? All time? There's, 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 a, not all the time, very rarely actually. But that's what he's. And I'm I, others would have shared that view. I'm sure they should have taken the three because it's the final. But I thought they were right at the time because they're not going to get too many more chances. Maybe to get a seven-pointer, mm. and then even mm. like eight minutes left. It's in the monster half. Stormers have a scrum, um, <laughs> and you're thinking, are they actually going to get a chance to get up? And you're watching it unfold, and there's been a few kicking jewels, and they journey won the kicking jewels. Fiona so right and a lot of their WhatsApp groups I'm in all they do is give out about Conor Murray's box kicking they were not giving out they was <laughs> not giving out about him fully enough on Saturday when they were all coming off and they were far better than his counterparts box kicks big factor in that territorial dominance possession dominance in the first half and then If there was one flaw, I thought, well, there's a couple of flaws in the Stormers. Their kick chase wasn't great. Their kicking game wasn't great. And they constructed next to nothing in the first half. I thought there was an overconfidence and a swagger about them. And it manifested itself in many Mm. of the Dummy from Ben Healy to get past him. And then whether he missed, sliced or whatever. And there was just a little bit of a swagger and an overconfidence about them. They didn't do enough to really win it. Mm. And then by that, they invite Munster onto them. And it was just, a sp- I mean, the two winning drives now, as I said it earlier, against Leinster and against yeah. Swarmers have been new monster. Yes. It's just, this is it. This is how we're going to play, it, true to their principles. And it's come off. It's just the ideal way to win it. Just to really, and the whole journey to get there, all those away games in a row, the 100,000 kilometres, like one to tell the ground. And it's great for business that they're back. Yeah, no, good. it sure is. They're good for Irish rugby. Fiona, I must say, I'm... Was more in the Jerry camp watching it
0: in the last 15 minutes. I thought it had gone away from them. So, was your optimism based on like a blind loyalty, or what were you seeing? (laughs)
2: A couple of points, I'd say. No, um, look, I just I just had that belief. You could see it in the squad. Um, I'd seen a couple of the guys in Limerick during the week. You could see that belief. And I suppose as a coach, you know, obviously you're looking at rugby ability and all that, and it comes into game, then it's different. But I just had a buzz about this game. I really felt that Munster were going to win it. And when it, it came to, especially when they scored that try, you know, a lot of teams, they give away two, three silly penalties. I understand that. But I... I constantly believed that they were not going to let him in. I thought the defence has been excellent. Their decision making has been brilliant and just when the bench came on, I just had a feeling that it was one of those days and things were clicking for Munster. It was as simple as that. Um, I really, I suppose when you're watching something, you're looking at different areas of the game but even with the mall, we know the Stormers have a, have a good mall. They couldn't get anything out of it. Munster, Klein in particular, mm. um, done well to do that and I thought, what a way to finish on the game. You saw Byrne. Get getting in there, Kendell and two of them getting in and holding up that ball and there was no way that ball was coming out the back. The referee was spot on. like They had taken it down themselves. I think it was just a belief and every every little win defensively, I thought, lifted them another bit. I, I could see them getting lifted and lifted and I, that's what I loved watching. You could see them roaring and shouting at one another and it was brilliant.
0: I think um, we should probably pause on Conor Murray, here. you rightly mentioned, Jerry. Unbelievably maligned. Maybe the most maligned player in the Irish 15 of the last five, six years who then had to endure going from best one or two scrum half in the world, a Lion. Captain of the Lions. Yeah. (laughs) Briefly. Losing his place Mm. in Ireland to losing his place for a period at Munster. And like just this sense of the injuries haven't been kind to him. Like his professionalism really merits a mention Plenty of players could have felt sorry for themselves or could have become a bit disgruntled and unhappy, um, dropped their standards. He seems to have gone the other way. And it's testament to proper character, not to mention what's happened to his yeah, I was just father this year, yeah. you know, so yeah. like so underappreciated over the last two years, I think, yeah. because yeah. a lot of characters who had done what he had done in the game up until this what have, would have felt like a descent. I uh, would mm. have said, well, sod this, I'm checking out then. Yeah. I will have that takeaway. I will yeah. not go to the gym. I will, yeah. you know, I'll yeah. I just, I just toddle along. Yeah. But he's gone the other way.
1: Yeah. Tells you a lot about his character. I know Connor a little bit. I've known him, obviously. He's been around a long time. I remember the first time I saw him play in the 2010-11 run into the Magnus League, when he was one of the reasons they won the tr- because Tony McGann bumped him up ahead of Peter Stringer. And... Um, to Tommaso Leary which was a brave call at the time he was only just out of the academy oh, yeah and uh, I remember Pat Garrity, the late great Pat Garrity, one of those whose names I'd say was invoked this week by Peter Armani and the Munster leaders. Standing, turning turning me and said, "He'll go to the World Cup." I said, "You mean the 2015 World Cup?" I said, no, no, this like the World Cup leaders. Well, he can't like this. But there was the, the two other lads of Munster. There was I don't. There was lots of scrum halves around. When he was picked in the squad initially, he was very definitely fifth choice. Yeah, went out at the World Cup as third choice and came home as first choice, and that was very much his meteoric career all the way. It was quite linear until that injury. And then he came back, and then this was the first real buffeting he's had to what should have been his confidence around about the 32, 33 years of age mark, whereas you say he was even left out by months of a Heineken Cup game against Toulouse behind Craig Casey and mm. Paddy Patterson, which was daft in my view my like some of my colleagues maintain that was just what he needed was the kick up the hole he needed but I don't think it was I just thought it was a bad choice I would have liked to have seen his experience come on I don't understand why he hasn't been appreciated, even when he's become number two to Jameson Gibson Park and like Peter Armani or Keith Earls when they've been just say no this is a great squad I'm, part of, I'll, I'm a finisher now I'll do whatever it takes to help this team that's the kind of loyalty that Andy Farrell instills he is a very cool composed character Conor Murray very little ruffles him he is very even tempered mm. I think that is part of why he has responded so well and I remember and twicking him a few years back when Charlie Ewells got sent off in the second minute but the English scrum got going yeah. the referee wasn't giving Ireland anything for the rest of the game the game was still in the balance about 50 minutes going oh my goodness me! I't have left a win here behind them against 14 men and Conor Murray came on and just immediately changed the pattern of the game mm. Just little runners off the side just, just, he just everybody calm down here I know what we're going to do here and it's so invaluable having an experienced player like that even if you had a, a Johnny Sexton off the bench in the World Cup quarter final you'd be d- delighted to have a Johnny it's the same for me with Conor Murray and he just got pigeonholed for being a box kicker when there was so much more mm. to his game right he may not be as quick as he was but he he's what he if he's he's not as quick as he was he knows so much more about the game he's played over 100 tests he's been on three Lions tours played three Lions series Ireland Ireland hadn't had a scrum half on the Lions tour since 1980 before Conor Murray came along who was it in 80?
2: and just Um, and with that as well
1: Colin Patterson and John Robbie I think Okay. Yes, yeah, so go for it, go for it, Fiona. Sorry, no, I long,
2: too re- long there. Apologies. No, no, I'm just I'm, I'm agreeing with you with that as well. Like I think you know he would have got blamed for the game plan. I think yeah. around Munster at that time. I mean he was getting to Rucks quick and pods weren't set up or the lads weren't there and he was getting blamed for it being so slow. But I I watched him closely at the start of this game and the speed because because I wanted to see when Casey came on how much of a, how much quicker it is. But at the start of the game at that Stormers game, I thought Murray's. Speed Of getting the ball out was absolutely immense as well as his kicking game all so I think it's more the game plan didn't suit him and he got blamed a lot of that for that Van Grane era I think
1: Also he's a great footballer in open play like you could imagine he could have probably played in most positions like you see him in open play take a high ball he knows what to do he always takes it he's also physically very strong so he can take a tackle if the ball's not good at the back of a breakdown he can go in and ruck and let somebody Mm. else come in he he defends his his physical strength is almost taken for granted but it's Mm. a huge aspect of his game and you're right, Like this season, the Six Nations, to come in at last late notice for Jemison Gibson Park away, in Wales and play as well as he did. Was it the French game when his dad had the cycling accident mm. as well? I mean, like it was just hats off to him. I admire him immensely. I think he's been a, Ireland's greatest ever scrum yeah, half. Yeah, Fair I, play I to I him.
0: I think his career, or this, certainly this World Cup year, this this period of his career is going to end in a much nicer fashion yeah. than yeah. I, I thought maybe a year ago. Um, we should touch on, I mean, O'Mahony, Fiona, and then like Asaki Earls at a school today. With yep. the trophy. Uh, like, he th- I think he thought a few weeks ago the season was over. And it certainly, I mean, even in Dublin that seemed like, <laughs> my God, he was in tears. So I can only yeah. imagine his emotion over the weekend and over the last couple of days. And then Omani, I mean, no more than the the coaching ticket must have had their doubts uh, this year. I think those guys must have looked at each other in, in recent years and thought, God, are we letting down the badge or what? Like, this is just grim. Our, our, our career is going to be just summed up in such grim terms. And this, you know, you don't overstate it, but this does change it.
2: Definitely. And you know what was kind of in both games, you could see the likes of Omani, Murray, Earlsey, when the final whistle went, they were looking for each other. They knew mm. the pressure. Like, they took a lot of that on their shoulders. And when the relief, when that whistle went, it was the pitchers, they were almost running towards each other at times. And it's just, it's huge for them. I'd say we don't understand our, how much they've taken that on their shoulders. Everyone I've spoken to, like especially with the last few games, like Peter O'Mandy's speeches in the dressing room, he's using, like he's getting these guys up for it. He's taking a lot of that stick, but he's well able to be able to to royal a team. And I've seen it in these, especially over in South Africa. He absolutely loves it. And the thing about these guys is, you know, Earls he was injured, we didn't think, but he came on, in that Lenser game. He he made a huge impact when he came on. He made a brilliant, um, I think it was Liebach He tracked across. I was wondering was he going to get burned on the outside. He was able to absolutely track across and make that tackle. So they know, like, that they might be not Omani, but the likes of Irles, he might be winding down his career. But he just wants to throw his body on his line on the line for for this team, and he, it's huge for him, and it's huge for for Limerick City. I mean, Corpus Christi School, it's only down the road from where I grew up, and they're so proud of him, and they're constantly putting up posts, you know, like telling their kids he's one of the best role models out there. But other than that, he's he's rugby Everything about him, his attitude, it's it. It's just brilliant, and it's so good for him to be able to finish his career with another trophy. I think his wife put up a picture of him with the first trophy and him with the the trophy the other day, kind of a split screen. Now he might he might he might have aged a tiny bit like myself, but it was just great to see because you you could see the smile on his face, and you know it's for him as an athlete and coming from Limerick. I think it's absolutely massive for the city as well. Yeah,
0: and I and I don't even, I don't even think. Rightly or wrongly, I don't think he even overly counts the first trophy because he doesn't feel like he was a big enough part of it to constitute.
1: Who is he? Yeah, um, or
0: maybe eleven he would.
1: No, eleven he scored a try in the final. Sorry, thinking you're, thinking the, you're thinking of 08. Yeah, oh eight. So 11, count. eleven scored a try in the final, which yeah, is amazing yeah. to think of. Um, and yeah, you make a good, interesting point, Joe, because when was an opportunity like that going to knock again? Realistically, for all these guys, so they could have gone the rest of their careers without winning, adding to the 2011 title, which would have seemed very unfulfilling. And you, you can be safely assured like a lot of things in life you appreciate it the older you get and they will appreciate Saturday's triumph probably even more than 2011 because it was so much harder earned and oh, they had yeah. to wait 12 like years for el- it and 11 everything
0: about it 11 sort of felt like oh well it's not yeah. a, it's not a European Cup but I guess yeah. it's grand wasn't
1: it a week after Leinster did their big co- comeback yeah. win against Northampton yeah. I remember Tony McGann saying like to me but a week before the Heineken Cup final two weeks out from the Magnetic final said Jerry we really really should win no matter what they do next week we get them at home a week after they play a Heineken Cup final like it's tough playing all these big knockout games back to back so possibly suits them as well to go out in the last 16 in Europe they didn't have all the, the doubling up week after week after week and they had a kind of two week break between semi-final and final but it's great that they can bookend their careers and I also think they we deserve to mention I'm glad Fiona gave a shout out to Niall Scannell there's another guy who's been overtaken by Dermot Barron he's been there I think since just after the 2011 success so he could have gone his entire career like others over a decade playing for Munster not winning a a, a single medal and there he is making really big contributions off the bench in both the last two games Stephen Archer I think was an unused sub in 2011 and look he's just become a player transformed and we're talking about guys all in their 30s here it's great to see so let's come back to um, Legacy Absolutely. Cold, hard reality for
0: a second with a view to next season. Uh, The Sharks exit in Europe still happened in the manner in which it happened. We still had that conversation on the Monday about the lack of depth in in the front row. We still talked about the financial situation, which is far from ideal. So perfect world, Fiona. I let you sign uh, the best of the best in two positions on the pitch over the summer. What two positions would Munster need reinforcements?
2: I think they're probably I know John Ryan's come back, but I definitely think tight heads. Um, is, is is someone that I, I'd love to see if we could get an established title, I know there's not a lot out there and there's big money to be paid for them but I, I definitely think that um I think Ulster getting kitsch off is huge for them, it's going to be massive for them next season Um, I actually would have loved to I would have been looking at Hooker at the start of the season but Barron's after blowing me away I thought he was exceptional again I've always known his tackle tech is brilliant he chops, chops, chops gives guys the ability to get over the ball but I think his line has improved as the season's gone on. So um I look I know they've signed a few centres, but I, I, I probably would look at, at maybe getting another centre in there as well. because I, I obviously I don't know how they're gonna shape inside with Feketawa going, I suppose. Um they've lost a few and and I think if we could get a, a world class centre and a world class um tight we'd definitely be pushing on because we know Archer's performed and John Ryan coming back as well and there, there'll there be big competition w- w- next year in those scrum positions you mm-hmm.
1: know They've always had a, a marquee centre in any of their successful sides like Trevor Halstead back in 06 uh, Rue to Pokey in 2008 now Malachi Fecato at this time they've had you know Jean de Villiers and others it, it's just always been mm. a position for some reason that it suits Munster to acquire a really big-name hmm. midfielder.
0: And tight-head agree on that?
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. I, a bit like Fiona, I would have thought Malcolm Marks would have been a great signing at the start of the season, like a hooker, but Barron has gone really well and Scanlon is there too. I think maybe a front-row injection would be good. Um, they look pretty well-stocked second-row, back-row. Um, I think Joey come back and vibe at Crowley for 10. Um yeah Patterson's still there next year isn't he with Casey and Murray yeah Yeah, maybe a midfielder in a front row I'd probably agree actually yeah Mm. yeah yeah yeah.
0: well I suspect a damn set easier to attract people when you're saying URC champions
1: that's a good point because like Munster remained one of the outstanding brand names in global rugby there was a stage when Adidas only supplied kit to two teams in the world the All Blacks and Munster Munster Um, Munster attract games like against the Barbarians at the start of the season, against visiting touring sites. They are a big brand abroad because of their history and tradition. Um, And this this adds to it. You know, you can't just live (laughs) on past deeds and on a name. You need to succeed as well. And so it's really overdue, no doubt about it, but well-timed in that respect too. It sure is. It sure is. So, listen, congrats
0: to all. It's amazing um, and not something we saw coming. No. Just to mention... um, not too much to say about it, but it is pretty interesting. If you're already getting excited about next year's Six Nations in France, they're moving the mm. home games around. So Ireland, France, it's the first game of the championship. I hadn't quite realised mm. that. What a start to <laughs> Six Nations 2024. Uh, repeat of a quarterfinal, perhaps. <laughs> Or final. Or final. Revenge for somebody.
1: Grand slam decider in the opening night. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It'll have that feel. That's the amazing thing.
0: So, Ireland-France will be at the Stade Velodrome in Marseille on the first Friday of the first uh, round one weekend of 2024 and then they're playing Italy in Lille and England in Lyon. So every game bar one across six nations the last twenty two years has been in Paris. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure is the work happening at the stadium. There or is, yeah. Is that the reason? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: not spreading um, the gospel. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, I wasn't being smug about this being a grand slam decider. That was tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Just in case some of you. I think it's a grand slam decider. <laughs> okay, you go with it. <laughs> do, you, do you not? Well, it has been the last two years. That's what I meant. By yeah, that. I yeah. think it is. We'll
2: watch the World Cup first. <laughs> yeah, See I think. You so. we'll go. Unless, like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Ronan O'Gara's England are suddenly <laughs> Steve Borthwick <laughs> it blows up oh God. is that where we're headed uh, if it's on Virgin Media it's a Grand Slam Decider if it's on RTE listen a lot, lot of road left in the tournament <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're not lying either are no you? I'm not we're, we're pretty much uh, done Jerry. thank you very much not all all a pleasure Times you get to go and like relax for a few weeks
1: well Just, yeah more or less yeah. very good nice little break now well yeah.
0: earned uh, Fiona Hayes thank you. thank you very much go and uh, you know uh, <laughs> a bit of rest and some fluids and
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will do cheers right. guys
0: thanks Emil Monday Night Rugby and Off the Ball thanks to Vodafone Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish Rugby Team
2: Monday Night Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish Rugby Team we all belong to the team of us